1: Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a donkey mindset to the beautiful Arabian horse obsessed podium of Formula One racing. I'm Alanis King, joined today by my usual co host, Elizabeth Blackstop. Nolan is actually in Monaco trying to visit Max Verstappen in prison for speeding, but we have a special
2: guest host with us today, Ash Vandalay. Ash is a motorsport content creator and Twitch streamer. She's a creator for Oracle Red Bull Racing and works with both NASCAR and the GT World Challenge America. Her focus is on educational videos and supporting women in motorsports and just being all around very cool. That is so exciting. Hello,
1: Ash. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it.
3: Um, I'm excited also to visit Max Verstappen in prison when he gets arrested for speeding. Um, I wonder what the Monaco food is like in Monaco prison. Oh, we were. (laughs) It's got to be amazing.
1: We dove into this last week. It's apparently very good. You can also get a prison cell with a view of the ocean. So like you can just look onto the ocean and you get like you get a bunch of stuff I can't pronounce to eat. Which I assume means it's really good because I can't pronounce it.
3: So we're all gonna go to Monaco and start speeding, right? Is that what's? That no, saying? that's
2: exactly that's exactly yeah. my plan. cheaper than yeah. my DC so,
3: rent for sure. So by all means,
2: can we get a, like a little gang together? Like we all get arrested in Monaco together, and we've got our little prison gang. That'd be awesome. Like little e scooters. Do we speed? Do we do tax evasion? What do we do? No, they're all doing tax they evasion. Do they- yeah, that
1: that's so true. So no one's going to jail no for tax evasion for in Monaco. <laughs> It's not gonna work. I don't know what is something that we could do to get sent to jail. Like, what do we do? Just be nuisances?
3: Drive a Toyota Camry. I was gonna say,
1: being drive too poor a Toyota in Camry. Okay, this is it. This is it. We figured it out. Wow. Um, so today we are talking about the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. But first, we want to learn a little bit about Ash. So, Ash, tell us your relationship with Formula One. All the stuff you do besides going to jail in Monaco, of course.
3: Yeah, my relationship with Formula One. It's complicated. Uh, you no, know, <laughs> I started watching in 2006 because my parents, immigrants from Poland, and my dad came to my room. He's like, we got to support Robert Kubica. You have no choice. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sounds great. Uh, so yeah, it's just started there. And um, ever since then, just watched almost every single weekend with my my dad or in college, hanging out with people. And I went to college in Florida. So uh, naturally it was Daytona, 524. So I learned about IMSA, NASCAR, and a lot of people from Florida in my school. So they just taught me about NASCAR, roped it in. So yeah, then I just started, I guess, learning about other motorsports. And Formula One just always I always knew it the longest and the mostest. So yeah, fortunately, now being a content creator for Oracle Red Bull Racing, um, specifically like through their esports team, which is super fun. And working with other series has been really fun, like through Twitch and social media and just trying to get more people into the motorsport cult is
2: really my goal. That's amazing. I love that. I was going to say, it seems to be going really well. Like you, it's been such a pleasure to watch your career and like how much you've been able to do or just jazzed. That is really nice because I
3: <laughs> sit here sometimes and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not doing enough. Like this is lame. Like this is, I need to be doing more. Like what is happening? And like, I see other people get other opportunities. So it, it's, it's
1: hard
3: it's not, mentally, I guess, because I'm sure you guys deal with social media comments too especially being a woman in yeah. All the so time,
1: like, all the time. I think when you're watching other people get other opportunities, it is very easy to forget that there are tons of opportunities out there and some people are going to get some and other people are going to get others. And like, yeah, it can be one of those situations where you're like, wow, I wish I were doing more. I wish I were getting this and this and this, but you are doing a lot. And I think it can be really helpful to like, give yourself a recap of like your year. Like, what have I done this year? And you look back on it and you go, wow, I've done a lot. I think that can be super helpful because when you're in the moment, you're just like, if I'm not doing something every second of every hour of every day, I feel like I'm not doing enough when in reality you are. Mm -hmm. That's the capitalist mindset for you. Grind till you die. Exactly. I took a summer break this year for the first time since uh, probably high school because I did classes in college. And it was, you know, it was kind of weird to not work every day. It was it was weird to have a summer break, but it was actually really refreshing and fine. And it ended up I did a bunch of stuff anyway, and it ended up being great. It's fine to take breaks. It's fine to not do stuff constantly. It's healthy even.
2: Let's talk about this race car event that we watched this weekend.
1: We're going to start with qualifying, okay? So even though Red Bull has been dominating the wins all season, no one else has won this season, the rest of the field is like slowly and occasionally okay, which makes for some, you know, exciting racing through the midfield, sometimes at the front during qualifying. It's been interesting. This week, Ferrari's Carlos Sainz, who was our birthday boy, okay, landed on pole for the Grand Prix after a really fast weekend. He was followed by, of course, Max Verstappen, and he beat Max to the pole by only a tenth of a second. In P3 was Charles Leclerc, and unfortunately for us, Alex Albon only qualified P6 after like a really, really good session. He finished Q1 in P2 and Q2 in P5, And the other sad moment in our qualifying was Aston Martin's Lance Stroll, who finished P20 after, and I quote, not feeling any grip in the car. I'm not sure if it was driving no laps yesterday. It was just generally in the session, not getting to grips with it. Elizabeth, how do you feel about your poor, sad boy, Lance?
2: My little man. It's such a little man. I hate it. I hate it for for Lance. Hate it for the guys. Hate it for my team. I hate it for the guys back guy <laughs> at the shop. They oh. worked too hard for this. Yeah, so Lance didn't get running because he so in FP1, they had Felipe Drugovich, I believe, behind the wheels, so they had to All well, the teams are getting like antsy because they have to have those rookie tests for practice sessions and like most of them haven't done anything. So we're hitting the end of the year now. Slapped a man in there and then uh Lance crashed the next time out so that was cool he was just like not a thing this weekend like i kind of forgot he existed and that's very sad ash did you have any thoughts on
1: qualifying particularly
3: uh usually no thoughts just vibes but i uh, know this time yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, people some people were surprised that ferrari did well and like they test a lot of their car like their hypercars on monza like you they have a lot of data so it's not surprising that ferrari like we got it <laughs> like this is the track mm-hmm. we crashed qualifying so you would hope they did well. And it was, uh, it, it changed things up, right? It was a little bit different. I think we were all finally like, oh, now bored. We are, we're excited to watch tomorrow's race when we, uh, we're we done with qualifying.
1: We're excited to see how many laps it takes for Max Verstappen to pass Carlos Sainz. Um, that in itself is a race.
2: I'm here for it. I was stoked. I enjoyed it. I was glad Ferrari had like some semblance of joy uh, but you know who did not have any joy at all this weekend? I don't. I I don't. I don't want to know. Go for My, it. Our our collective small son Yuki Sonoda, who didn't oh, even no. make it to the formation lap of the race, he didn't even make it around. They had to restart with an all new formation lap, and then there were issues getting Yuki's car off the track because it was stuck in gear. So the marshals couldn't just kind of push it behind the barrier as they normally would. So then there was like this five minute delay, and then there was a delay again. Everyone lined up on the grid, shut off their engines to cool the cars, and then like the crews were all lined up, but there was no actual announcement that the red f- a red flag had taken place or that it was safe to go onto the front stretch. So everyone was all lined up, like antsy, ready to go, and the <laughs> marshals were like, "You can't get on the track yet." And people started throwing stuff over the barrier and climbing over. It was a hot mess. Uh, so all of this to avoid a red flag, which I also don't understand how you can have a red flag in a formation lap that hasn't even started the race yet. Anyway, Yuki's problem was a power unit issue, and that meant that there was only one Alpha Tower in the race. Liam Lawson, in his second race, shouldering the weight of the team. Thankfully for him, he qualified well in 11th and finished in the same spot, so that's... Good for him, and he even had a good little battle with Oscar Piastri toward the end of the race, and uh, Piastri ended up with a five-second penalty for causing a collision in that battle. So, good job, Liam Lawson. All things considered, you step
1: in. Here's my question for Ash. Does Liam Lawson sound like he's in a boy band?
3: Yes. He looks like he's in a boy band.
1: <laughs> he does. And it's like, Except it just all, it all fits. Like, he's in a boy band, right?
3: Absolutely. Is Yuki a remember? member? Or, oh my
2: goodness, he should (gasps) be. This is perfect. Alpha Tauri, get on this. Like, this should be your new press thing that you do at some, I don't know, Singapore feels like a good race to debut your boy band. As we know,
1: Yuki is quite good at karaoke. There was a video from, was it last year? Yeah, in 2022, where Yuki and Pierre did karaoke together, our just like iconic teammate duo, and they were belting it out.
2: They were having a really good time. I honestly, I will go ahead and say I don't think Yuki would do it without Pierre around. I think he would draw that line. I think, you don't think like, Yuki would do karaoke mm-mm. with me? Maybe with you. Probably not with Liam Lawson. I feel like they don't know each other well enough. Yuki was at the point where he could sniff out Pierre last year. So I feel like that's a boundary like that has been crossed where you'd do anything for this man, include sing. <laughs>
1: This race was really about a few specific battles, three of which involved Carlos Sainz. Like, this is our main guy this weekend, right? The first was against Red Bull's Max Verstappen. So Carlos starts on pole for the fourth time in his F1 career, and he gets such a good start ahead of Max. So, like, Carlos, if we're going into the first turn, Carlos could be considered on the outside where he's starting from pole. And he gets this huge jump on Max and immediately cuts across the track diagonally to block Max. So he has the inside going into the first turn. It was like you could tell he was thinking about that for hours before the race. And he knew what, what he was going to do. He knew what was going to happen. He knew if Max gets the inside, it's over. I have to cut
2: him off, right? Is that how y'all mm-hmm. felt? That was honestly, it was like he had studied Max's race starts and like knew what Max does, especially when Max is second, and was like, "I am prepared for anything this man throws at me." And he he did a good job. I was really proud of him.
3: What was that Disney Channel movie with Beverly Mitchell? I think it was the Four Sisters, right? Where she's like practicing in class, like the start, like she has like that toy where she's like practicing, like oh, the lights and going. And I swear, God, yes. Carlos was doing that
1: <laughs> <laughs> the night before, oh, just at his hotel room. Like, yes. You're so right. Like, he was just watching YouTube videos, literally, just sitting there like, I am going to do this. I've got this. It was masterful. Like, it was so well done. And then on lap five, Max comes on the radio and he's like, Carlos is sliding a bit. Yeah. And his engineer GP responds, "Okay, Max, just be sensible. And what I really love is that Max has won almost every race this season and GP is still like, hey, Max. Don't be 12 years old out there. Like, behave. I think that's hilarious. It's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) He just wants to race. He just wants to, like... He's like, let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. And GP's like, no. No, don't go... Not yet. Just wait. It's fine. You have 45 more laps to win the race. Lap 10, (laughs) Max says Ferrari's got a lot of top speed for sake. And the team tells Max... He's struggling with the rear Max a lot. Max also said oh, about to. over the radio about a move signs made, which may be the greatest piece of radio content we've heard all year, which is kind of incredible because Max has just given us all of the
2: radio content this year. He's truly like the gift that keeps on giving. I hope F1 does a roundup of like his best Mm-hmm. Radio quotes because I just like I wonder what he's saying that they're not putting on TV because I know that's even juicier. I bet he's like singing to himself. I bet he like he's one of those drivers who like chats to himself, you know what I mean? like just like, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. Oh shit, that person was doing something I wasn't expecting. Like he's up in the front all the time. What are you gonna do?
3: Except when he's going through lap traffic. He's probably like like driving in New York City. He's like,
1: get out of the way. I'm driving here. Okay, that's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Do we think he has road rage against other drivers on the radio with GP? Do we oh, think he he's does. like cussing everybody out and GP's like, okay, Max,
2: okay, calm down. I bet he's getting on the radio saying that everyone has to get a penalty. Like, I bet that's exactly what's happening. Do we think Max needs to be a tattletale though? No, but I think he gets joy out of it.
3: Pointing it out? No.
1: hmm Ouch, Elizabeth. You're just being hardcore. Or? No, I'm not
2: being hard listen, I I am a petty person. I, I understand know. the joy of seeing someone get a Twitter block or like a Twitter vacation because of something I reported them for. And I will report things indiscriminately because I think it's just kind of funny. So I bet Max is in the same boat. I don't have it like no shame. No shame at all. It's a great way to spend your time. And what are you petty against Max
1: for for again? Refresh my memory. I seem to have uh, forgotten. Because he he took Jean-Eric Verne's seat, and I'll never forgive him for that. And do we think Jean-Eric Verne would have won 10 Formula One races in a row, Elizabeth?
2: Not at all, but that doesn't matter because <laughs> I <laughs> loved it. It's, it's the
1: principle.
2: principle of the thing.
1: So, lab 15, Max and Carlos go wheel to wheel. Carlos, for the first time. We actually see him not plotting every moment of everything, and he locks up. And Max gets ahead, and it's over. But it was fun while it lasted. 15 laps ain't bad. Max is washed. Oh, yeah, Max is washed. It took 15 (laughs) laps. Um, How long did we actually
2: think Carlos was going to last out there? Be honest. I didn't think he was going to make it first to the first turn. I thought Max was going to have him. Oh, really? I
1: Okay, so... I thought it was possible for him to
2: make it to the first turn if he
1: plotted it out, but I wasn't going to give him more than three laps. What about you, Ash? I
3: gave him until 10. I was being generous. really. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: You gave him until 10? Mm-hmm.
3: And then he took 15, so I was like, this is ridiculous. I thought I was being generous until oh, 10. Say, <laughs> he took five additional. Like,
2: all things considered, there's like two ways it could have gone where the power of the Tefosi at Monza like charges him forward and he does well. Or he gets too overwhelmed and just absolutely beefs it. And I was going on the the thought of like he'll beef it, but then you know. He didn't. So it was good. He did all right. Do we
1: think there's like some superstition in Formula One? Like when you're when you're at Monza and you're a Ferrari, like the power of the gods propels you or
2: no? I believe it's the power of all of Ferrari's dead drivers. Uh, Elizabeth Old. The one misses. place that they actually can do well. Everywhere else it's a curse. Mons is the only one. So this is the one place where Ferrari's dead mm-hmm. drivers are like, all right, we'll give you one. hmm This is it. It's the only like one. Like that scene
3: from Mulan where she's still, like talking to or she's talking to the ancestors. Yes! you think it's
2: like the Ferrari dead yes! drivers are out there? Yes, exactly. I think that's exactly what it is. They're all like giving Charles Leclerc a pep talk, talking to Carlos.
0: I think it's great. <sighs> in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie dot com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: So we're going to continue with Carlos versus the world. But first, while we're talking about Max Verstappen, he's got 10 Grand Prix wins in a row with this one. This is the longest consecutive win record in history. And in a post-race interview, he said he never would have thought it possible, but working for it made it more fun. And I think just like the way, like the way this is phrased,
2: (laughs) you can tell he's bored. I don't know if he's bored or he just doesn't know how to have a personality. No, he's definitely bored. 100%. Max
1: Verstappen wants to actually like beat someone, right? I mean,
2: I I don't know. I I wouldn't want to have any competition, but that's also just me because I can't handle the slightest bit of pressure, and it's why I'm not a race car driver. You also don't have a documentary made about all of the deep
1: issues that occurred in your childhood. Yet. Yet. Same. It's coming. (laughs) Believe me, it's coming.
2: After Carlos battled it out with Max Verstappen, he had to move on to his second challenger, Max Verstappen's teammate, Checo. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Lap 20, Sainz pitted and came out P9 ahead of Bottas. It was not a very good stop. Uh, Verstappen pitted a lap later and exited P6 ahead of Carlos. And on lap 33, Carlos came on the radio to say, it will be tough to make it to the end. And the team uh, had the inspiring words of hope, try your best. <laughs> Anytime Ferrari does
1: something ridiculous, like at least three or four people respond to my Instagram story and say, we are checking (laughs) that that Ferrari quote, (laughs) we are checking. And I just think it's so funny that every like that's the universal language now. Like, oh, Ferrari hit a barrier. We are
2: checking like that's just that's it. I think that's so funny. Oh, my God. No one's done that to me, but I okay, love it. No. So Does much. anyone do this to you, Ash?
3: Oh, yeah. In the Discord or the Twitch chat, it'll always be like, we are checking. No matter what it is, it's just like, Ferrari, we are checking. It is so
1: <laughs> funny. It is actually one of my favorite things about, like, my weekend. We are checking. Dude,
3: try your best. Sounds like your high school coach giving you, trying to give you a pep talk against a team that's undefeated. Try your best. Pep pat.
1: Okay, but also try your best. Sounds like you broke your toe before the game. And they're like, all right, well, we don't have a replacement, so try your best, even though you're going to suck. Like, it's it's a sad line. Like, look, Carlos, really we're in a shit sandwich. Try your best. Like, I don't know what you want us <laughs> to do back here.
2: Like, <laughs> how do you want us to fix this? Oh, no. That's so good. That reminds me, like, when I was in elementary school, um, we had to end, we had a morning assembly every morning. All, very, all of the students had to get in the cafeteria and, like, Listen to some songs and sing along and whatever. It was very interesting. But we ended it every day by throwing our fists in the air and yelling, "Do the right thing." That's what, what this reminds me of. Yeah, <laughs> do the right thing. Do, do the right thing. Just one okay, a fist in the air. <laughs> Just the right. Yeah, like you all. Everyone had to do it. If you didn't do it, you were like you get in trouble. And there were only like fifty kids in my graduating class, so they knew which one of y'all didn't do it. It was a good time. That's like. Ferrari's motto, just like, try your best. (laughs) Try try your your best. best. (laughs) Ouch. Oh, my goodness. Around lap 44, Checo said that he was struggling, but Red Bull had basically been saying that from the moment the race started, uh, which imagine being in a Red Bull and struggling. Like, that must be... That's like when people who are super rich are like, oh, I had a bad day. It's like, yeah, but you still have a million dollars, so... Do you think Checo has good
1: morale at this point? No. Do you think his employee morale is,
2: like, high? No. I, th- like, I feel like I'd be tucking myself into bed each night crying a little bit if I was in Checo's shoes at this point. I'm sure he has a much uh, greater sense of, I don't know, mental endurance than I do, but still... Like
1: we were talking because like Ash started the conversation of not feeling like you're doing enough. How do you think Checo feels? Do you think he just feels sad every day? Like, but to, he has to, this point, to work point, millions of dollars in the in the bank account. So true. Every weekend. So true. It doesn't matter. So true. But does he have like the general context to not feel sad? Like, like yeah, millions of dollars. But he has millions of dollars every day. So, like, that is a constant. That's not going to change.
2: But I feel like he has the capacity to be really sad. (laughs) What's, like, what's the limit where it stops being embarrassing that your teammate is way better than you? Like, what is the financial limit that you will hit? Because there's a lot that I do for money. And there, (laughs) I would, like, I would throw my shame to the wind and just, like, deal with it. But also, like... Red Bull is notoriously difficult, and Checo also probably wants to stay with the team. And I believe this morning, Red Bull was t- there was a quote from Red Bull. I think like either Helmet Marco or Christian Horner saying they're looking at Lando Norris to <laughs> replace Checo. That sounds like a Helmet Marco thing. That was a Marco thing. Yeah, it's probably a Helmet Marco thing. But I think Checo's a sad boy personally. And on lap forty five, you could tell because he tried to overtake, and then Carlos knocked him off the track. And Checo got passed but had to give the place back, and then came on the radio to say he's not leaving any room. Come on, man, we cannot race like this. That's what I'd say if I was sad. Honestly, that is also what I would say if I, when I was sad. And like, as three
1: people who watch other racing series, do you ever see Formula One and see the drivers talk about "Come on, he's not leaving any room," and just go, "Okay, but whatever." Like, do y'all yes. find yourselves doing that? All the time. Yes. Do they do they have any sense of context about the fact that we don't care?
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, like, this is why it's such a bad thing that F1 drivers don't race another series on off weekends anymore, because they have no freaking concept of what driving any other vehicle is like and what it is to compete against anyone else in the entire world. I like we had Jensen Button on the show, and Jensen was like. Yeah,
1: NASCAR is crazy. You hit each other, and as long as you say sorry, it's fine. Like, you could literally just missile yourself into another car. And if you say sorry, it was an accident, it's like, okay, fine. Sometimes don't they even win. say
3: sorry. They're just like,
1: oh, it happened. And you're like, oh, okay. It's really as long as you don't say, yes, I specifically hit this person for fun, you're good.
3: Yeah, you can be like Denny Hamlin, just deny it outright constantly for the rest of <laughs>
2: I think the way to solve this problem is that every race weekend for everyone needs to be opened by the full grid of drivers racing uh, Miatas. Yes. But like against amateurs, I want yes. a 40 car field, 20 amateurs, 20 drivers, and I want to just see what happens. Yeah, I want more cars. Talk about no space. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wait till we yeah. get more cars to the grid. Before we get to
1: Carlos Sainz's final battle of the day, do we think that when these drivers go karting at an arcade... They hit each other because the last time I went karting at an arcade, my dear friend Aiden slammed into the back of my go-kart and I think gave me a concussion, rear-ended me because the the yellow light came on that said, slow down, it's over, you got your time you paid for. And he went full speed into the back of my cart, and I was like, "Oh, oh my goodness. Do you think they do this to each other because they can't do it like in competition? Yes, I yes. actually
2: so in like 2016. Insert date here. Um, I my formula SAE team at the University of Texas like had this event where the Red Bull drivers and the junior drivers showed up uh, during the U.S. Grand Prix weekend. So I got to see Max Verstappen like and I think it's Pierre Gasly, Daniel Ricciardo. Like they all took these little go karts out and they were like kicking each other, like kicking. Oh, I remember the cart. this. Don't yeah. you have a photo of this? I, yeah, we will. I'll post the photo on the DRS account, but it is the funniest photo because it's like Max Verstappen on a little go-kart looking like he's having the worst time. Like, no fun whatsoever. Not a single ounce of joy in that man's life. <laughs> he looks genuinely
1: so miserable. I've never seen a photo of anyone who looks more miserable than Max Verstappen on that little race course thing that he was on. Like,
2: he looks so upset. So just to wrap up our, our second battle here for Carlos, Checo got passed on lap 46 into P2 with Leclerc very close behind. And that leads us to our final battle. Oh, my goodness.
1: Here we go. Um, Carlos Sainz versus his teammate, Charles Leclerc. In the final stretch of the race, these two are battling, right? They're like third and fourth. They want that podium. On lap 47, Charles Leclerc gets past Carlos Sainz. And then locks up. (laughs) And so Carlos signs, passes him right back. Then Carlos locks up. They both go wide and Carlos keeps the spot. Carlos came on the radio to say, guys, let's bring this home, which if I'm to translate means Charles, please off and leave (laughs) me alone. I want to get a podium, which is actually so funny. There's like a lot of intra-politics, between these two and it's really just them coming on the radio and saying hey he's slower or hey I'm faster hey can we not wreck each other hey can we leave each other alone there is an odd amount of this between these two and also between the McLaren
2: boys I love it so much like I (laughs) they seem like they're such good friends off the track but as soon as they get on the track they're like please make the other one slow down please let me go faster please don't let him hit me (laughs) Yeah, it goes back to, I feel
1: like Ferrari being like, we don't have a number one when like you, you kind of do have a number one, but it gives them that power to just be like me, 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 me. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, we mentioned we all watched other race series, right? Sports car racing. The blue flag doesn't mean to get out of the way. It means a flaster car is behind you and you just say your predictable racing line and let the, the faster car's job is to pass you safely, whatever it is. Like I don't understand why Formula One doesn't understand that. They're like, "Let me go," and I'm like, "Oh, well, are you faster than passive? Like,
1: I what's the like? I'm not gonna let you go. Just drive. Like, stop winding on the radio." Which is so bizarre because, again, if we're comparing to other racing series, you specifically cannot give a team order to a driver in NASCAR, right? So like there was a purposeful wreck one time and I think like 2013, it ended up changing the entire championship standings. They added another driver to the postseason chase. Like it was absurd because there were team orders. Whereas if you go to Formula One, there are team orders every single weekend. It's like, okay, chill out. Let's manipulate the
2: race. How do you get to manipulate the race in Formula One? How? That's the thing and like this isn't even a new concept. Like this is something that specifically Ferrari has been doing for ages. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the reason why like the Gilles Villeneuve, Didier Prone battle of the like 80s was such a big thing, 70s 80s because like Ferrari was like we will, you know, no team orders, but like if you're in front, you have to you get to stay in front, that kind of thing. And then actually if you pass them, we're not going to do anything. And we definitely have a favorite, and it's not you. Uh, it's just like it's a whole. It's so weird to me to see that that happen. Like, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's just very 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 bizarre. Yeah. So at lap fifty, we're almost at the end of the race. Charlotte Claire tries to make another pass at signs. He is told no risk by his team, which is again code words for behave, make it another lap. We want to finish the race. Does he do that? I hope no. So. Nope. We are shaking. Our, <laughs> we are shaking our head. No. On no. lap fifty-one, Charles goes off track trying to pass Carlos, <laughs> and Carlos keeps the position. Carlos ends up getting the podium in P three, which is his first podium this season. What a season this has been! With Charles behind him in P four. Um, whole infighting here. But because they ended up finishing so well, they officially passed Aston Martin for P3 in the Constructors' Championship. I mean, I don't see any challenge from Aston Martin at this point. (laughs) I think they're pretty safe. I don't even think that this is a testament to Ferrari doing well. I think this is a testament to how Aston Martin has fallen. What about y'all? Yeah, like they've somehow
2: just gotten worse. Like, it, it's not a matter of who got better. It's a matter of, like, Ferrari's been about the same. Aston Martin just, like, fell to pieces. I wonder if
3: they overcorrected. Like, they're like, oh, let's look at that floor yeah, and then sure. try
2: to copy it or whatever we saw.
3: And then uh, it just not working for them.
1: They wanted mm-hmm. to be better and they got so much worse. Like, what, we had so much hope at the beginning of the season i remember the beginning of the season like we we kind of knew max verstappen was going to win the championship but in those first 3 races we were like man like we could have an old guy really battling yeah. for the championship here <laughs> like what is he in dog years like 300 yeah he's like 299 <laughs> in dog years and we could have our 299 year old dog battling for the championship and now he's it's got just that like, dog in him and now he does not have that dog in him he he's just got a pit of sadness
2: in him in terms of pits of sadness Charles Leclerc actually had a fairly <laughs> decent weekend he's not actually a sad boy but for once he, for once, i think he's still sad but he, he did get the podium okay yeah that's true he's fighting so hard <laughs> less sad boy than usual uh, he had my favorite quote of the weekend on the second formation lap where he said the car is not really turning in the corners, which I was like, but aren't, aren't they like not supposed to in the corners when you're not going fast? Like, aren't they supposed to not handle the same <laughs> way that they do it at speed? Uh, after Max took the lead, Leclerc said that Signs was struggling with his rears, an indication which... It translated into normal human speech means, please switch our positions. Uh, Yeah, didn't happen. Leclerc came out of the pits on lap 21, and P8, right behind Carlos, it was a close little battle they had, and Chuck also had a battle with Checo around lap 30, managed to keep him behind, and Checo came on the radio to say, Charles wasn't giving him space, and his engineer said, you're faster. Moments later... Shocking to all of us, Checo Pass Charles. What a concept. Maybe the Red Bull actually was faster. I believe they should never give each other space, and the fact
1: that they think they're entitled to space is sad. You should make your car as wide as possible so no one has any space. They kept the COVID rules.
2: They kept the COVID six-foot distant rules. Like, you have to be this far. (laughs) Get out of my bubble. Please do not enter this. Back to Red Bull and one of the other battles that defined the early
1: race, Checo and George Russell. On lap nine, George is told to watch his tire management in turn six, and he responds, I don't know if you can see, but I have a car right up my ass.
2: Oh, so funny. Rick.
1: Did it, so funny.
3: That's what I say during iRacing.
1: It was a good battle between George and Checo early on, but at lap 14, they both go off track, and Checo gets ahead, then Checo comes on the radio again to tattle and says he pushed me off. We're always tattling here. Have either of y'all tattled as much in your lives as a single
2: Formula 1 driver does in one race? I distinctly remember one time when I was in kindergarten, I saw one fellow student knock over another student's tower of blocks and I went up to my teacher and I said, "He just knocked over her blocks." And the teacher looked at me and said, I don't see a problem with it. Quit being a tattletale. And you know what? (laughs) I'm minding my own business ever goddamn since.
1: Wow, Elizabeth. The teacher told you (laughs) not to tattle.
2: Yeah. And actually, it was a big deal because the block tower knockover situation caused some tears. They were sad. People were upset. And I got in trouble for it. And then they wanted to put me in charge of, like, the bad kids. So when the teacher would leave the classroom, I was supposed to give a report on how bad the bad kids were. Uh, I never did that because I wasn't a snitch. That was a test. I wasn't a snitch. I refused. I was like, everyone was behaved. I saw nothing happen. And that's why I never spoke words. It's like the kindergarten version of the prison experiment. (laughs) Just the ganger in charge of all the bad kids. George got a 5
1: second penalty for going off track to keep his lead ahead of Stebby Oak on after a pit stop. But <laughs> let's qualify this. It wasn't really his lead over Esteban because Esteban would soon fall back to P19 once we cycled through everything and George was in P6. So it was completely useless for him to go off track and do this. I love the dedication to just being in the moment ahead. (laughs) Yes. Like, in the moment, I need to be ahead of him, but
2: I am ahead of him anyway. Like, what are we doing here? It was a beautiful moment, and I think Mercedes really, really had it this weekend. It's an
1: odd juxtaposition with George's personality because George is always scheming, and, like, George is always thinking about, like, what can I do? What? Who's around me? What's going on? Why did he lack so much awareness in this situation? I think
2: it's because he always thinks he knows what he's doing, but doesn't actually. Oh, are we yeah. psychoanalyzing George Russell? I, I'm getting Freud on him right now. I think, honestly, like I think he thinks he knows more than he does. Obviously, he doesn't have the full spread of data that the engineers do, but also... I just think he's like, he's trying to do too much and he's not putting all of the pieces together in the right spots.
3: I think he's doing the opposite of sad boy. Like he's like, let me pretend I know so much and like have that false confidence in my head. So like, I think I'm doing well. I'm untouchable. I'm so good. Of course, I'm the better driver. I'm number one. Cries in the shower. I'm like, let me have this false sense of confidence. So I do well every weekend and like can keep up.
1: Do you think he has to have that because he entered a situation in which he would obviously be number two a few years ago? So in order to not be number two, he had to be assertive.
2: There's an element of like you want to overcompensate to prove that you deserve your spot and outperform your teammate who obviously was dominant for forever. Feels like this is something that like came up this season more than in the past, but maybe it's just because I wasn't noticing it before. Yeah. But I think it is very like... George is realizing he has to do something and prove something. And if Mercedes is not going to be the top, he can't really skirt by being the number two. Mm -hmm. He's got to be a lot better. Like he's not just guaranteed a second place in the championship anymore. You're right. And I feel like also
1: when you look into Lewis Hamilton's former teammate, Valtteri Bottas, great teammate, but he did everything he was supposed to do. Like he, Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, I'm number two, whatever, I get it. I'll do this for the team. So maybe George Russell went into this thinking, I cannot be that because if I am that, then I will not be the superstar, especially as Lewis Hamilton is getting older. And Mm -hmm. so he is overcompensating for the idea that he cannot be the obedient one. He has to be like the assertive one.
2: Well, good luck, George. You don't really seem like the type.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) You seem like the type of somebody told you how to comb your hair like two weeks ago during summer break, and now you're
2: just rolling with it. It's true. And speaking of Russell's teammate, Lewis Hamilton, uh, when they cut to the Mercedes during lap three, that man was bouncing. He was bouncing. <laughs> the purposing has not gotten... It's gotten better, but still comes up in certain situations where you have to be like, oh, Jesus. Uh, How do you even see anything? Uh, He stayed on the hard tires longer than most people early on in the race and was a holdout for a pit stop, but, you know, it only led to a little bit of a brief lead before Max passed him again. Um, On lap 27, Lewis was still behind Verstappen, but again, only driver who hasn't pitted yet, and he pitted two laps later. And then said he was struggling with them Uh, by lap 37. Not great. Uh, One of the commentators said, sounds like Lewis is having one of his grumpy days about the tires, which is very funny. Like, that's his, bono my tires. Like, that's (laughs) the thing. That's literally the thing. Uh, And then (laughs) on lap 41, had a battle with Oscar Piastri. The 2 made contact went off the track and came back on again. Piastri said that he just turned across me under braking, which the race officials agreed with. And then he received a five-second penalty for causing a collision. Lewis ended up finishing the race on sixth. Not a travesty of a day, but also there was no shining moment for them. And that, <laughs> that race. <laughs> One of my
1: favorite things to do is like, if I do a bad parking job or something, I'll just be like, Bono, my tires are gone. Because like, they're obviously not. Like, I just was really bad at parking or something. And it's completely unrelated. But I think it's genuinely funny to say that. That's one of my bits that I do in my daily life. <laughs> it's one that, it like, transcends. Like, it just yeah. works for everything. It works for everything. Like, it, it doesn't even have to be your tires. Like, if you slip and fell like on some ice or something, you just say, bottom, my tires are gone. And I broke my tailbone, which I think I did break my tailbone this weekend. Um, oh, nice. That is neither here nor there.
3: <laughs> you can add it to the, we are checking. Like if you fall and slip on ice, you could be like, uh, we are checking. We are checking. <laughs> oh my back. We are
1: checking. Every time I say, I think I broke my tailbone. I have to clarify this time. I did not fall. <laughs> I landed on this time. uh, I was sliding across like a bench seat in like the back of a van because American Airlines delayed my flight for basically two days. And they put me in a Super 8, and the Super 8 van picked me up at midnight. And I slid across the bench seat and it had one of those immovable seatbelt buckles. And I put all of my weight on that. And it just like the shock reverberated up my spine. And I have bruising like all on my lower spine. It's horrific. Anyway, didn't fall. Congratulations. Oscar Piastri, he led the race around lap 22, but that was just because everybody pitted. We're, we're giving him some credit, right? At that point, only Oscar Piastri, Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and Stebby Ocon had not pitted yet. And early in the race, Lando also came on the radio, and he was basically like, get Oscar out of the way. I'm faster. <laughs>
2: It was just not very cute. I'm slowly growing to dislike Lando Norris for things like this. I think his tone was wrong, right?
1: Okay, Ash also sees this. Like, his tone was not right when he did that message.
3: But again, if you're faster, then just pass him. Like, it sounds like it's a you problem, but you can't pass your teammate.
1: <laughs> I don't understand what they want. What do you want them to do about it? That's the thing, and that's what happens when you let team orders run wild. Everybody's like, "Okay, even though team orders don't matter in this case, how about you make it easy on me?" No, no, this is an entertainment sport.
3: This is motor we racing. Want it Toto, to be interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, Toto, this is motor <laughs> racing. We're gonna go motor racing. Race the motors. Like, oh my goodness! Later in the race, they had a great battle for six with our guy Alex Albon. Yay! And of course, that moment with Lewis sent Piastri into the pits for a new front wing. Apparently, Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris also touched tires around lap 24, which McLaren team boss Andrea Stella said that doesn't fit the way we go racing. Okay, then then, then do something. Then don't go racing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, if you're not willing to hit each other, then don't go racing. Speaking of team it's orders true. with other series, I
3: think all, all of us watching other series – again is when they touch here in formula one it is the biggest deal on the broadcast like f1cb's like oh my god if they oh touched?" and then ask <laughs> like oh they're racing like <laughs> okay great
2: yeah <laughs> great. like god. even i i don't know anywhere else it's like you can bump and run like you got a little bit of wiggle room with what you can touch and stuff even in the other open wheel series formula yeah. one it's like it's like a, an assault against God if you dare touch another driver. Like, it's so There's funny. like three
3: camera angles from someone driving behind them when the
2: incident <laughs> happens, someone <laughs> in front of them when the incident happens. Like, oh my goodness. Gotta get the onboard both of them. I want to hear the radio from both of them afterward. I want to hear the team boss's reaction. I want to like, super cut of all of this.
3: Want a
1: remix?
2: I think there are positive and Positives and negatives
1: to this, right? So in Formula One, every little thing is a big deal on the broadcast. And I think that makes for a very, very entertaining product. The commentators are like, oh my gosh, Lewis Hamilton breathe. How is this going to affect the race? And then you watch something like NASCAR and it's like, yep. Uh, Ross Chastain just purposely launched into Denny Hamlin and it looks like Denny Hamlin is flipping. Oh, one flip, two (laughs) flip. And you're like, damn it, this is exciting. Like, should touching tires be the biggest thing in the world? Eh, probably not. Does it make it way more interesting to watch? Thus, do we all get way more into it? Absolutely. It's a fair point. Even though he had contact with both Hamilton and Lawson, Oscar Piastri finished P12,
2: while teammate Lando Norris finished P8. <clears throat> we had a great weekend this weekend, if you were Alex Albon from Williams. Alex started P6, as we said, and fell behind past Piastri during the opening lap, but he made his way back up to P6 by the end of the second lap. After pit stops, he dropped down to P12, But he got back up to P6, which is when he battled those McLarens for position. Uh, At lap 38, Lando went for an overtake, but went off track, uh, saying he forced me, I was completely alongside, and he was forced to cede the spot back to Alex. Despite Lando's very best efforts, he finished behind Albon in P8. Did anyone not force anyone off the track this entire <laughs> race?
1: Like, this is all I've heard from everyone. He forced me off the track. He forced me off the track. Oh, Get over it. Come back on the
2: track. Honestly, I love it so much when they say that stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Just stay off the track. Just keep going. Just, Just see keep what going. Happens. Just off-road it. I don't but know. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. And uh, as for good old Logan Sargent... I am still hungry for loins, but he did, did you, manage.
1: Did you see the quote from Williams that said, Logan, that point is still waiting for you. They didn't say points. They said, Logan, that point is still waiting for you. And like, Aww. I don't know if they meant that. I don't know if they meant it to be singular, but it's just genuinely really Aww. funny that they <laughs> said, Logan. Logan, that point is waiting for you. And I was like, just a single loint, not loints. Just
2: one just one loint. That's all. Just I, one listen. Loin. Just one. I'll be happy with just a singular loint. I will take it. Oh, that's a rip. Uh, but great news. Logan got some air time near the end of the race for causing a collision with Valteri. Isn't that of nice?
3: Of Good course, for him. Good for him. Disappointed. You have to
2: make
1: your own narratives. Oh, you're disappointed. <laughs> Tell us more.
3: Florida man. No Jimmy Buffett like memorial in there for him. No references no over wrong. the weekend. I'm a little upset on his social okay. media. You're telling me he never listened to Jimmy Buffett living in Fort Lauderdale. Get out of here. You're
1: actually really
2: right. Like, Elizabeth, how do you feel about Loins now that you know this? I still think we got a shot. Listen, not everyone <laughs> can know everything about their home state. I get it. He was focused on Formula One. We know these guys don't have interests outside of that. It's fine. No, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 you're
1: wrong. You're wrong. Boundary <laughs> has interest. Logan Sargent's interests include sunglasses, ice cream, the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Heat, that one Eminem album, and what is the other one? The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. I have listed like six of his ten items. Oh, his own pose, that's seven. Oh, yeah, his tea. His own pose. Uh, what are the other three? This is from the GQ video in which uh,
2: Logan Sargent was asked about his ten favorite things. Well, Jimmy Buffett wasn't on there. Margaritaville did not crack the top ten. Well, that in itself because it's an just issue. everyone's
3: favorite, and that does not need to be mentioned. Everyone just automatically likes Jimmy Buffett.
2: Yeah. It's true. Maybe he should have just had a margarita on the grid before the race, and then we all would have. I mean, a- before I the care. race,
1: it would have been better. after just like
0: Elizabeth, in the
2: grass. Elizabeth is trying to get him
1: disqualified. <laughs> just have oh, a little man. sip.
2: We haven't had a drug scandal in a long time.
1: <laughs> Need some good drug scandals in Formula One. That Jeez, is spicy. that is what we're after. <sighs> Who else had a tough go of it this weekend? Aston Martin, as we talked about their inconsistency. This season is like really, 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 really bizarre. Alpine had a rough weekend as well. Bummer for Pierre Gasly, our co karaoke singer who was on the podium just last week. As we mentioned, Lance Stroll had a terrible qualifying session. He started P 20 and he finished P 16. Elizabeth as a Lance
2: Stroll fan. How was this weekend? It was tough. Uh it was a it was a real hard weekend. We did so much work. We got so far. Um listen.
3: <laughs> you still got like a college football coach. There's no <laughs> defense or <laughs> offense. There's only we fence. This is
2: all <laughs> there's <laughs> only we fence. No. <laughs> that ridiculous. We did all right. Listen it, it could be worse. We'll come back at him next week. Next week when the race is next race, Singapore. We'll come back in Singapore. He'll kill it. When are they racing? Who's racing? We don't know. Um, One of them times. He'll be. He's he's
1: got it. He's got he's got wiggle room. It's fine. I think I've decided that for the bit, it's really funny that you're a Lance Stroll fan and I need to pick someone now.
2: <laughs> and yeah, I need to give be my a fan of
1: a bit. I, I need to give my recap about how I feel about my <laughs> driver. OK, <laughs> I'm leaning toward Esteban Ocon. That's a good
2: call. A good I call. mean, I don't know. What do we think? I think I think it's gotta be Esteban. Like he's the least offensive and also the most like nondescript. But also the biggest offender. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Least offensive,
1: biggest offender. Okay. I'm a fan of Esteban Ocon as a bit. Back to Aston Martin. Fernando Alonso, who was back, baby. He was ready last week. He finished P9. He was not back this week. Just underwhelming weekend overall. My guy, Stebby, retired the Alpine on lap 39 with a steering issue, which, you know what? It was a steering issue, not a Stebby issue. So we'll get a, we will get him
2: next time, okay? <coughs> so to sum everything up, the podium was Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, and Carlos Sainz. Then we had Charles Leclerc, George Russell, and Lewis Hamilton. Wrapping up the end of the point was Alex Albon, Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso, and Valtteri Bottas. Were we happy for Valtteri? I am happy yeah. for Valtteri. I think it's good for him. He was assaulted by Logan Sargent and came <laughs> back for a point. I mean,
1: the Alpha cars have just been so bad this year. It's been really sad to watch Valtteri just run 18th all the time.
2: He did well. I'm pr- it's the Alfa Romeo. It's the Italians. The Italian oh in that
1: yes, car. we're in a, we're in Italy. We have to do well. Oh my goodness! Fastest lap went to Oscar Piastri. So sad that Nicole did not comment about this on Twitter. Oscar did not get the point because he did not finish in the top ten. So in order to get the fastest lap point, you have to finish in the top ten. Oscar finished P12. Nicole, you really should have gone on like a tirade against the rules and gotten them changed. You have the power. Very sad that you weren't on Twitter this weekend. Driver of the day was Carlos Sainz, and our DNFs were Yuki Sonoda and Stebby Okan. That's all right, Stebby. We're going to get him next weekend. How do we think, not next weekend, <laughs> whenever the next race is, how do we think this is going to affect the season moving forward?
2: Well, I think Max is going to win the championship. I, I think- am <laughs> wrong. I know. I know that it's really early to project. Uh, But I'm going to take a gamble and say that's what's up. I think Ferrari is actually in their, like, not their revival phase, but in their we're less bad than everyone else phase. I think we're finally, like, steadied out for what the rest of the season will look like. I think that's a great point because I've said this before. F1
1: is a sport of vibes. Once you have decided this is my vibe, that is what happens. So once you've decided Red Bull wins the championship, Red Bull wins the championship. Everybody's done right? Once Ferrari decides, yeah, we suck. We can't do anything right. They suck. If they have a change of heart and decide they're good, they will be good. It's just how F1 works. It's all a mindset thing. Ash, what do you think about the rest of the season?
3: Gosh, we even had this discussion a little bit because as... So IndyCar happened this weekend where they clinched the championship Alex Pillow, right? And I'm like, is anyone going to watch the last race of the season? Do people want to watch? Is someone going to get NASCARs on at the same time? Will fans watch something else with NFL? All this other discussion. And um, it's kind of always like a 50-50 split. They're like, oh, no, it's decided we're done. So I think Max mathematically clinches the title, either either Japan or the next race. Like one of those if he wins and does well. Um, It's one of those two. So I think the vibes are going to be... I think we're gonna hear a lot less complaining and people are just finally gonna race. <laughs> and hopefully it's like now that the title's decided and we don't have to deal with this shenanigans again. Let's let's go for it.
1: Honestly, I think you're right. I again think and am advocating for if Max Verstappen's win streak ends, either by losing a race or going to a Monaco jail for speeding. It's time to go race trucks at Talladega, Max. Yeah. It's time for you to go. Ash, this is your wheelhouse, so you might know this. Max Verstappen has an obsession with running NASCAR trucks at Talladega on iRacing. How did you
3: find this out? You just go to his profile. i thinking, you just you just go to his iRacing guts.
1: account and look through. <laughs> of course. I do this with everyone. I do this with everyone because you can gather a lot of information by doing this. And what, like, I create theories based on this. So one of the theories when Shane Van Gisbergen, who's the supercars driver, came over and won the NASCAR race at Chicago, his first ever NASCAR race, one of the theories was Shane came over and did well, and he immediately decided he's going to come be a NASCAR driver. No, 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 no. I have a theory because I looked up his iRacing profile, I believe that once he got wind of the new supercar, which he doesn't really like how it drives, he's not super into it, once he knew that he was not going to like it, he started running ovals on iRacing. You look at his profile, and his oval iRating skyrockets about a year and a half ago. It's like flat, 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 skyrockets. This man was planning this. He knew he was going to do it. He started preparing for ovals on iRacing, and then he came in, ran this race, and as soon as he confirmed to himself he could do it, he was like, all right, I was already planning to do this anyway. Let's go. That's genius. <laughs> i never considered that. That is awesome. I do it all the time. Max is a NASCAR trucks at Talladega guy. He is running trucks at Talladega all the time. Dude gets on at like 9 o'clock in the morning Texas time, and he will run trucks at Talladega for like three hours.
2: Use your powers wisely. <clears throat> you know what time it is, everyone? It is time for Boyfriend of the Week, our recurring segment where we acknowledge who's the best. It can be anyone, driver, car, moment, team lead, Redditor. You get the picture. Who's good enough to be our boyfriend? And Ash, for you, this is middle school rules, so it's just for this week. You don't got to commit. We are not making lifelong promises here. I am making my, my pick right out the gate. My Boyfriend of the Week is Carlos Signs. <laughs> Specific... Specifically because he is the second Ferrari driver to be robbed. The second Ferrari was, driver to be robbed and didn't chase the robbers. He was mugged outside his hotel. <gasps> they stole his 235,000 pound watch. Which
1: uh, was a sponsor
2: this, watch, which he, he could have, have just g- gotten another one. Yep, yeah, and took off both with his trainer and also with a bunch of bystanders. On foot and via car, chasing these people down. (laughs) These boys are so sad. Just
1: let them be. It's the Ferrari curse. It's all the dead drivers cursing them. Seriously, genuine question for both of you. If someone steals your watch,
2: do you chase them? Especially if you're a Formula One driver, do you chase them? My instinct is like, no, I'm not going to chase someone Okay, actually, that's a a lie. That's an absolute lie. Uh, when When I was in Paris, I went to Paris by myself in 2015. I was 18 years old, 19 years old. And I walked into a bad part of town and pulled my phone out to look at the Google Maps to be like, how do I get out of here? And someone on a bike rode by and grabbed it out of my hand and then rode off. And I freaking went after, like, I flew down the road to chase this person as if I would get someone on a bike and yeah so i absolutely would Ah, okay
1: good for you i'm proud of you ash someone steals an item from you do you chase them nope i'm from brooklyn i don't know what's gonna happen once i catch up to them it's
3: just (laughs) you just don't you just leave it alone and you're like great i've lost that item i've made peace with it by the time it's they've walked away with it i do not care
1: Okay. This is also what I'm thinking. I probably wouldn't chase them. I, I wouldn't chase them for sure. If I were a formula one driver, because who's waiting for me? I don't know. But as me, I might just be annoying and chase them because I'm very stubborn. But Ash, who is your boyfriend of the week?
3: Okay. So my boyfriend of the week is uh, Dale Earnhardt jr.
1: Oh, wait, he's Little on Dale. my list. Go. He did. <laughs> is he going to get a double boyfriend of the
3: week? He did the MX5 in Martinsville and they posted a video oh, about it so at cute. IMSA. And it was just awesome because MX5, right, like the Spec series. And I think everyone should watch it, especially also GR Cup. Um, and just Dale Earnhardt Jr. and like the MX5. And he's like, this is tall, like this man just kept, like in the swarm of bees on this YouTube video. And he's like, yeah, this was great. And I was like, you've done so much in your life. And you're like, this
1: is the best I'm ha- time I'm having right now. I would also say that. I deeply wanted to do that MX-5 test. Okay. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is also on my list. And I wouldn't have multiple Boyfriends of the Week if we talked about our weeks, but we didn't talk about our weeks, so I have to tell you about my week. Um, Boyfriend of the Week, number one, 2311 Racing. I went to their shop last week, and they were like, hey, we wrecked all of our shit at Daytona last weekend. Do you want pieces of the cars? And I was like, yes. So, I got pieces of the cars from Daytona because they were like, you're our buddy. You can have pieces of the cars. Thank you. 2311 racing. Second boyfriend of the week, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I was at junior motorsports, which is his NASCAR Xfinity series team last week. He did not know I was there. Okay. He didn't even know I was in town. Dale Jr. Comes busting through a door with a backpack on one shoulder, speed walking to get to his vehicle. Like he's out of here. He out of the corner of his eye sees me, does an about face, and he goes, You're my internet buddy. And I was like, Yeah. That's so cute. Hey, City. He came over and talked to us. Love that guy. What a guy. I also get the employee discount at Junior Motorsports, so I got the employee discount in the store, bought a bunch of stuff. I also tightened a bolt on Sam Mayer's Xfinity Series car for Kansas, which is this weekend. So if you watch the race and Sam Mayer's car falls apart, I'm sorry to everyone, but particularly Sam Mayer. I told Dale I tightened it, and he said, awesome. And I was like, yeah. Um, Third boyfriend of the week, Vince. From North Carolina, we needed a sim rig for my husband to use for his iRacing League while we were in town. And what was really funny was I asked everyone for a sim rig, and 2311 was like, You can come use ours, but your friend JR, who's an engineer for the team, has to babysit the rig if it's after hours. It was JR's iRacing League, so JR could not babysit, so we couldn't use 2311's rig. So Guy named Vince, random person on the internet, said, come to my house. You can use my giant sim rig. You can have it for, like, as long as you want. It was so fun. I sat there and talked to Vince and Caitlin for, like, three hours while my husband raced. It was great. And it turned out we got there and all my friends at the race teams were like, oh, you still need a sim rig? And I was like, no, it's tonight. Like, I obviously got one. Um, But... Vince was great. Caitlin was great. They let us use the sim rig. My husband got seventh in the race. It was amazing. Thank you all. You're all my boyfriends of the week. Love ya. (coughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk
2: about something we've been wanting to for a while, which is how drivers pick their car numbers. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into the Donut Racing Show if you want to leave us a five-star and kindly-worded review, it really helps us out. And we also have an email address. Please get in touch. It is donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Here is an email we got recently. If Liam Lawson gets points, do those count as loins? Or more appropriately, loints with two L's. Keep up the good Lama. work. Yeah, like llama. Thanks, Jason. Uh, No. I'm, I don't I don't
1: I don't have a reason I don't we, ha- we have a dedicated listener named Jason who's asking you if loints extend to Liam Lawson and your response no. is no
2: no here's why L.O. Logan goes into the L.O. of Loints. Leoints? that's disgusting I'm not gonna take that
1: Leoints? <laughs> Leoints <laughs> is good L-
2: launch launch yeah, Lost
1: that's what I was saying. I like <laughs> Leoints <laughs> better than launch Leoints.
2: Laloints. All right. We can do Leoints. I'm here
1: for Leoints. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a preference between Leoints and launch leave us a five star review and put Leoints or launch in it. If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Pass Gas. You should check them both out. You can follow DRS on Twitter at Donut Racing Show and email us at Racing show at donutmedia.com. I am on Twitter and Instagram and everything else as Alanis In, as in Nicole King. And I'm on YouTube as Alanis King. No in. You can watch me and Max Verstappen ride around in a Honda Civic type R on there. Elizabeth is a Liz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and a Liz a Blackstock pretty much everywhere else. Nolan, who is in a Monaco prison right now, is Nolan J. Sykes on both. And I'm going to let Ash go through your socials. Sure.
3: So if you have YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is that you want to follow me on, it's under Ash Vandelay, That is a Seinfeld reference. All one word.
1: Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming. Is there anything else you want to say before we go?
3: What did your school say again? Do good. We're
1: trying. Do the the (laughs) right thing. Do the (laughs) right right thing. thing. Bye.